You're listening to One Man and His Wilderness Podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of one man in his wilderness. I, uh, I'm currently, if it's a little echoey, I'm sorry. Um, in my, we just moved houses, which is kind of why I've been absent for a little while. We have been in the process of selling our house, buying a new house, and it's been crazy in itself. But so we're in our new house. We just moved in this weekend, and I don't have anything in here to, to really dampen uh, the the echoes. So I'm sorry, but it might it might sound cool. I don't know. So welcome to one man in his wilderness. I I've missed doing this. I've missed being on here. I uh, I hope you guys have been well. Um, hope you guys, which I don't even know if you guys are one person or two people. I don't even know how many people listen to this. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so if you could, I mean, if you're listening to this on Apple or Google or whatever, just uh, there should be a link on uh, in the show notes somewhere of how to contact me. Uh, just shoot me, a, shoot me an email or, or something like that if you listen to this, just so I kind of have an idea. Uh, and if there's any way that you can review the podcast, review it, good or bad, I don't care, um, because that helps me get some exposure. So, uh, anyways, I'll, I'll cut right to the chase here. We're um, I, w- I went fly fishing the other day. Uh, in the midst of uh, all this moving and, and just how stressful it's been on my wife and me and my kids, uh, I had to get outside, and I hadn't been fly fishing in a while. So, but I went, I went to this spot where I either do really good or I normally, just, or I just don't even catch anything. Um, I mean, I could catch, if I'm doing good, like it's either, it's hit or miss. Like I'm either catching everything or I'm catching nothing. And this was a day where I was catching nothing. And, you know, but it was good to be out in the river, have my waders on, you know, just like it was good to get out there and cast and, and, and just, just cast and be in the water and just be just you know, spend time just talking with the Lord, you know, and spend time just observing his creation and, and just how magnificent that it is. Um, so in, anyways, when, when a lot of our rivers that we have here are called tailwaters, and so they are the waters that are released from a dam, okay? And it's, so it's, it's always really uh, released from the bottom of the dam, so it's super, super cold water, um, which trout love and thrive in super cold water. So I'm fishing a tailwater river, and the dam had quit generating. So the only time you can really go and wade is when the dam is not generating. Um, and so you can get out there where it's shallow enough you can walk around with your waders on. And so I was out there, and I had like a two-hour section that the the dam wasn't going to generate. And so I was literally there for like an hour and 45 minutes casting nothing and then wouldn't catch didn't get a bite but I, I mean and i could see trout all around me i could see them jumping and like and like they were coming up and hitting flies on the top water and for those of you that don't fly fish um because it is different than bass fishing there's a lot of similarities but it's a lot different <laughs> i think in my eyes um i the what what a fly does is 
and they're very picky eaters, first of all. They remind me of my kids. Um, but they have really good eyesight, too. So they're very picky. And if you're not, if you don't have a fly that looks similar to what they're eating and feeding on, then they will not even touch or not even look at what you're throwing. It could be the coolest, like, it could be the most faithful fly that you have in your box. It could be the most, like, shiny and the most just attractive looking fly that you have that you you might even think man this kind of looks good and i would like to eat it but if that's not what they're eating they won't touch it and so what fly fishermen do is they have this thing where they call they want to try to match the hatch and so flies have different life cycles that they go through like midges nymphs pupa i don't know anything about it which probably is why i'm a crappy fly fisherman but um, so if you can look in the water and turn over the rocks and like look and see what kind of flies and what life cycle they're in of their, um, you know, of their, of their life cycle and you can, and you have something to match that man, like you can do pretty well. Um, and so as I was doing this, I, I probably tied on like 10 different flies. It probably felt like a hundred, but it was probably only like 10. And I would float, I would throw flies that would float on top of the water. Um, and then I would throw, I'd throw some that would sink and try to put them right in front of the fish's face. And literally for an hour and 45 minutes, for 75 minutes, oh wait, I, I can't even do math, hey. Um, <laughs> for 100, uh, anyways, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. Why can't I do math? This is stupid. Um, anyways, I sat there and threw these flies. And not until the last 15 minutes before the dam started generating again, I finally put a, a pheasant tail nymph on. And I was like, you know, okay, I could see these trout in this, this hole that they were all congregated in. And I could see them, a bunch of them. And I'd tried a pheasant tail nymph already. Didn't do the job. So I was like, I'm going to float it, you know, right in front of this, this trout's face and see if I can catch it. And sure enough, I throw it out there and... Bam! I, I get a, I get a bite, and I get him on the line, and and fly fishing like you don't like reel it in. You sit there and you have to like bring it in with your hand. You got to pull the line in with your hand. Uh, I had a lot of slack out, and maybe I just don't know how to fish great yet. But hey, I'm having fun and trying. So like I'm fighting this fish, and I got my hand on my rod and like trying to pull it in, and that's it. That's an art form of its of its own right there. And I wish I had because like. I hope my neighbors, they're probably thinking I'm crazy because I'm up here like doing the motion in my house right now. <laughs> I'm sitting here like holding my hand up thinking you guys can see me, but this is a podcast and it's not a vlog. Um, but just picture me waving my hands in the air like I'm fly fishing. Um, you might be doing the same right now. I don't know. And anyway, so I get this thing in and I'm getting it close. And the thing with a, a fly is it's not like a lot of bass hooks where it has like that big uh, barb on the end. So when it goes in the fly in the in the fish's mouth, it's harder to come back out. Um, with a fly, a lot the barb is on, if if there even is a barb on them, um, it's very minuscule and very small, and so it really isn't even there. And so if you don't keep pressure uh, on the line and you let some slack in it, then the fish can just spit the the fly right out. And that's exactly what happened to me. He spit it out, and it was a good sized rainbow trout. And so he, he spit it out, and uh, I was bummed because I didn't catch the fish. Because I can't even say that I caught a fish. I hooked a fish, but I didn't catch it because I never got it in my net. And so 
doing kind of what I do and you know part of the reason I'm doing this blog and uh, my passion is like I do wilderness ministry right and so I started thinking like you know God what are you trying to teach me out here today you know that's part of the conversation that I have when I go outside and um, when I'm really just looking at God's creation I'm, I'm saying God like what what are you trying to speak to me what are you what do you um, what do you want to tell me you know just because it's part of our relationship right and we walk with Christ. It's not just, oh, he's a get out of hell free. Like, he wants a relationship with us. So we got to put effort into that. And so I started thinking, you know, I was like, what What does this have anything to do with Christianity? What does this have to do with, like, my relationship with you, with uh, the church's relationship with you? Like, what does this look like for us? How do you, what can you teach me out of this lesson that today? And I mean, I really started thinking, and a couple pieces of scripture kind of came to mind. And um, you know, the first thing that the, I'll read the scripture to you first. It's First Corinthians chapter nine, uh, and it is verse nineteen through twenty-three. And it says, "Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews." To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that... By all possible means, I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. And I started thinking about that. Like, I was like, what, what does this mean? Like, I became like all things to all people, right? Um, and then that kind of led me to another verse where um, it's in, in uh, Philippians um, chapter uh, 2, uh, verse 5 through 8. Uh, and it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Instead, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on the cross. And, I mean, that right there, like Jesus, who has been with God, who has been here since the beginning of time, since the creation, before the creation of the world, he was very, considered, he was equal, being himself very much God, but he put on human flesh and stepped out of glory and into a fallen world. Though he wasn't himself sinful, he took on the flesh, which is synonymous with sin, right, with us. He took on the flesh and he walked a perfect life. He stepped into our world. And this is unlike any other God or Savior through any other religion. Like, he came down to us, right? And I started thinking, too, I was like, well, what does that mean for me fly fishing? What, is, what does this have anything to do with it? And the more and more I started to think about it, I started thinking, like, you know, we're Jesus, when he started calling his disciples... Um, he just came up and said, hey, come, you know, come follow me. Uh, he came up and it was either Andrew and John. Um, I think it might have been, it might have been 
James. I don't know, I, anyways, it was one of the first four that he called, and they were fishing. And he says, hey, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they left everything. They put their nets down, and they left everything to follow Christ. And I started thinking as, as, as I was fishing, right, you know, no matter what kind of flies that I had, no matter what kind of um, bait that I thought I could attract them with, if it wasn't something that they were eating, they had no part in it. And I started thinking, so how, how do we as a church, what does that mean for us? You know, a lot of churches try to, try to bring people in with all kinds of attractive things that they look promising, they have well, they, you know, good meaning intentions, but just like this fish, you know, it might have came up and saw something attractive and it, it, it bit it, but as soon as it wrestled with it for a while and, and saw that it, no, this isn't what I want, this isn't the food I was after, it spit the hook out. It was no sustenance to that fly. It's, it was not going to bring that fish any kind of health. And that's coming from the fish's perspective, but... So much of our churches today are very consumeristic. It's very much come and, you know, we're going to give you a message. We're going to get you, you know, hooked up in a small group somehow. And, and th maybe that's the extent of what that church thinks it should do. You know, and I'm all for community. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's a, ne it's a necessity. You need community. But what I'm saying is how many churches do we see today? And I hope and I pray that whoever's listening to this, that you're a part of a church that is a gospel-centered, uh, disciple-making church that is focused on go, you know, making disciples that are going to make disciples that are going to make disciples. So, but how many how many churches do we see teaching people to fish? I see a lot of churches that come in and to, just to kind of use the same analogy, it's like, oh, hey, you're a fisherman now. And you have the gear. You've got a, you got waders, and we're gonna give you. We're actually we're gonna give you waders. We're gonna give you a, a, a pole. We're gonna give you a fly box, and we're gonna give you some really awesome river shoes so you won't slip and fall. We're gonna give you all this cool stuff. So you're a fisherman now, and everybody's jumping with joy, going, "Yes, I'm a fisherman," but they never step foot in the, in the river. Can they be called a fisherman if they never get in the water? Or do they just have all kinds of shiny gear that never gets used? What I'm saying is like, how are we teaching people to fish? That takes us, just like this verse in Philippians says, you know, Jesus, who was very God in nature, took on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He incarnated, he was God incarnate, right, in the flesh. And incarnate just means like to, to step into, right? So he stepped into our world. How are we stepping into the world of those that God is giving us to lead that may not know him yet? You know, we think that we just invite somebody to church and if they come to church that our job is done. Well, no, that like, good, I'm glad they came to church, but we're just getting started. We're just getting started. In order to catch a fish, you have to get in the river. You have to know the fish. You have to know where the fish stay. You know, if you go and you're just fishing in shallow water, chances are they're not going to be there because trout like to find pools and holes of deeper water where they can go and, and, and 
sit in and and wait for food, right? You got to know what they eat. That's another thing. Because if you don't know what they eat, you're never going to catch one. You've got to know their habits. You've got to know what kind of, you know, when they like to eat the most. Or like when you're looking around and there's no fish popping on the top water, you probably don't want to throw a dry fly because they're not eating dry flies. They're not eating things on the surface. And this takes a long time to figure these things out. But you'll never figure it out if you don't step into the river. So I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to encourage anybody that is listening to this. You know, how are you fishing? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're at a place where you're like, I don't, man, like I don't even have any gear. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to fish for. Or I, I don't even know how to fish myself. So I would, I would encourage you, you and reach out to me if you want to. I'd love to talk to you about this about what it looks like to, to be a disciple. First of all, we need to be disciples of Christ. We need to be in the Word on a daily basis. If we are not healthy ourselves, or if, to continue the analogy here, if we don't know how to fish ourselves, we'll never be able to teach anybody else to, else to fish. So we need to take our time. We need to focus on our relationship with Christ before anything. And that's a daily thing that we have to do is to wake up and say, God, I want to know you today. Show me, show me where I need to make you more and I need to become less. And God is faithful to, to answer our prayers. When we call out to God and when we say, God, like, show me where I need to come closer to you and where I need to step further away from the things of this world, He will answer you. But you got to make space for that. You got to make time for that. You have to create a rhythm for that. And it's and it's hard. And you probably don't have time. <laughs> I don't either. I got a family. I got a wife and three kids and a job. I started a new business, but all of that stuff matters nothing. And to take to use Paul's word, I forget where he says it, but he's like I count all of that stuff as foolishness. I count it all lost. Like I just want Jesus. And that's it. So, I want to encourage you guys. Learn how to fish. Work on your walk with Christ. And then, as you do that, I want you to step into the river. I want you to get out there, and I want you to start looking for people that don't know Jesus. You probably live next to people that don't know Jesus. You probably work with people or go to school with people that don't know Christ. This is a fact. You, There are lost people in this world that you encounter because I know some of you are probably like, well, I don't know anybody that doesn't know Jesus. Yeah, you probably do. You probably just don't want to talk to them because they're hard people to talk to. Um, but that's what Jesus is. That's what, that's what it says. It says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Jesus was on this earth for 33 and a half years. He didn't start doing ministry and publicly until we would see it in here until he was 30. And then he picked 12 guys and he walked with them. He stepped into their lives for three and a half years. They walked together, ate together, drank together, slept together, made fires on the beach together, hiked in the mountains together. He was with them all the time. He spent 90% of his time with the 12. 
that was his strategy to win the world was 12 people. And even one of them still didn't know who he was. Think about that. Three and a half years with 11 people. And that was Jesus. That was God. 11 people. Yeah, he still catered to the masses. He still had compassion for the crowd. But his strategy and his purpose to save the world was fulfilled through the 11. Because they were so in love with him that they left everything. And that's what we got to teach to people. Not, yeah, great, you, you come to church every Sunday and you might show up on a Wednesday night in a, some kind of a community group where you get together and you love each other, but if you're not teaching people to fish and you're not catching fish and you're not making disciples, then what are you doing? You're, you're kind of complacent. And that's hard to hear. It was hard for me to hear. You know? John 15 says that greater love has no one than this than for a man to lay down his life for his friend. Who are you laying your life down for? Who are you meeting with on a weekly basis and encouraging them, equipping them with the skills and the tools that they need to catch fish or to become fishermen? How are you teaching them to completely and utterly focus all of their attention on Jesus. Because I guarantee you that as you do that and as you walk through that process and you're depending on God and, and you're depending on His Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you, my, you are going to be, you will never have be, been more, more fulfilled in your life. I promise you this is the truth. So guys, I just wanted to encourage you with that today. So if you want, um, I'd love for you to, to leave me a uh, some comments. I don't even know what that looks like on the platform that you're on, but you can email me at onemanhiswilderness at gmail.com. I would love to uh, answer any kind of questions you guys have, or um, I would love to even chat with some of you guys on here. So um, again, you can email me at onemanhiswilderness at gmail.com or you can go to uh, www.onemanandhiswilderness.weebly.com uh, that's my blog uh, and it has a link to the podcast on here and it, you can contact me through there as well um, but guys I, uh, I hope you're encouraged I hope that today you have somehow um, been encouraged to go back to focusing on your relationship with the Lord uh, get outside his classroom is all around us, uh, and he is longing to teach you and about himself. Um, but until next time, guys, that is just the perspective of one man and his wilderness. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's show, everybody. There's three things you can do if you enjoy the show. Number one, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any shows that we put out, and that's the easiest way to do so. Number two, leave us a review on the podcasting platform in which you're listening to this on. It just helps give us some feedback as to what you like about the show and helps others as well. And the third thing, share. Because you never know who needs to hear the perspective of one man 
in his wilderness. <laughs>